This is Minutia Men with Rick and Dave. On this week's Minutia Men with Rick and Dave. Jenkins works at Facebook. A fundraiser at MySpeed. Tennessee Potholes. And inside the glove Homer. And Rick's brush with Alice Cooper. All that in unlimited tangents on this week's Minutia Men. That is coming up right now. The following is a Tony Lasano podcast. An Opie production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. This is Minutia Men with Rick and Dave. Hey, hey, it's Rick Kemper and Dave Stern here with another episode of Minutia Men. How are you, David? I've missed you, Rick. <laughs> now, we should tell people what happened the last couple of weeks we have not been on, even though we did an award-winning podcast two weeks ago that was really one of our funniest ones ever that will never be heard because there were some technical difficulties, apparently. It was the golden age of radio. It might I have think. been the best <laughs> ever. Yeah, it really was. It's going to be the lost Rick and Dave tape someday. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but alas, it was to the dustbin of history because of technical problems. Our so, audio was all messed up. So uh, we had our, our technical staff, Tony Lasano and, and uh, Chris, come out here to uh, fix our... Um, our audio equipment and it turns out that there was nothing really wrong with it um except for a couple of things a few little things and they fixed that and they now have us instead of doing the show on skype we're recording this on facetime on this on a, on a phone so i could do a podcast anywhere if i'm in zambia let's say yeah, you uh, could. on a safari, I could do a podcast, and we're going to have guests now. Now we can have yeah people joining our show from all around the the, the world via FaceTime. So and, and Dave can even hear the audio from now on, right? So right, if, exactly. For the last ninety some episodes, he's been pretending to hear it, but, right? And that's why Rick would say, "Okay, and now the audio for this jingle is done. <laughs> the wind up and the <laughs> right. Let's." Put this ball on the tee here, buddy. I'm hitting yes. the ball now. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, this is like now a real radio program, right? Yeah. You know, we should we should start doing news and weather. No, maybe no. commercials, we traffic. Do. We do news. Well, that is true. Yeah. We do news, but we could start doing traffic. We could start selling advertise or no. spots. No. You don't want to do any of that. That's too much no. work. Uh, let's just well, do a wacky thing here. You went to New Orleans today, so we haven't even talked about New Orleans. Oh, that's true. Yeah, I was uh, there for uh, four days and uh, ate some of the best food ever. Yeah. I, you know, yeah. it's it was crawfish season, and I love crawfish, and we had, you know, crawfish like eight different ways and just about everything else. We also was promoting the book uh, Cameo for our uh, uh, our author, Beth Jacobellis. And uh, and so it was. It was a fun weekend. Uh, you also didn't you have your palm read or something, tarot <laughs> yeah. cards or yes. something? Or I did. You know, because one of the characters in the book cameo is a psychic. So my thinking was the psychic capital of the world is New Orleans. Mm-hmm. And you know, if they just happen to have some great food and you know Bourbon Street, you know, so be it. I would check out some of those other things while right. I was there for the main reason promoting the book cameo. Uh, sure. So I went to uh, see a, uh, a psychic and he did like a tarot card reading for me. 
And he told me that I need to listen to the women in my life more often. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, uh, did Bridget talk to him beforehand? Maybe <laughs> you know, what's funny is she was kind of taking pictures of the uh, thing while it was happening. I know he was playing to the crowd. The other thing is I don't think I could listen to the women in my life more often. <laughs> I know. When they're in your face 100% of the time, it's hard not to listen. Right? I mean, is is there ever a time when the women in my life should listen to me? <laughs> yeah, right. No kidding. Uh, why did you ask Bridget for help with the audio problems that we were having? Maybe yeah, she would have been able to figure hurts. it out. Uh, so, so the other thing is, uh, right before we went on the air today, I set up all the new equipment just the way I was supposed to, mm-hmm. tested everything three, four times. I couldn't figure out why I couldn't hear Dave, why there was no microphone sound. Everything was wrong. And I was ready to just say, all right, that's it. This that's week it. we're not doing it. I'll take okay. a picture, show it to the uh, bosses and say, why Why isn't this working? You came out here, damn it. You fixed <laughs> right, this exactly. thing. Why are we paying you nothing for this? Right. <laughs> Thanks a lot. <laughs> and then I noticed I hadn't plugged it in. Yeah. Well, I hadn't plugged in the board. So apparently uh, you need go. power for this. Uh. And you mean other than our wit and charm, we need actual outs. Uh, isn't that enough power to run the podcast? Otherwise, it's just another Rick and Dave telephone conversation, <laughs> which we have seven times a yeah. day. Now, um, I had an awkward situation. Enough about your trip. More, <laughs> okay. Enough about you. Now about me. <laughs> um, I had an awkward situation that happened at the library on Monday. Now I go to the library. Library a lot, and the reason I go is because their internet is like ten times better than the internet in my house. So I. So I basically leech off the man. Okay. Or I, I leech off the government. I'm a I'm a taker. You are. I guess. Um, so I had this awkward situation. This is going to be one of those stories that I think is going to um, fly dangerously close to inappropriate. Okay. And dangerously close to being too long, too. Uh-oh. All right. So buckle up. Okay. All right. All right. You can always edit. I'll just <laughs> tell you that in advance. Uh I'm at the library, okay, and nature calls. And you know what I mean when nature calls, yes. right? Oh, you know. Boy. Now, I know that you've had, what, maybe five public restroom bowel movements in your life? Okay, l- let, uh, me just, let me just <laughs> set the stage here because yeah, okay. uh, let's, let's talk about the public bowel movements of a Rick and a Dave. <laughs> you, you could not get to more uh, <laughs> diametrically <laughs> opposed. I mean, I am, I am unwilling. I, I remember I flew from... Chicago to South Africa, which is a 21 hour flight, never went to the bathroom. <laughs> All right. Okay. Yeah, That's me. Yeah. Right, right, right. Dave, I would, Dave I'd will take, to, he'll yeah. drop a deuce at your mother's house. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. And I have probably, yeah. I would imagine. Um, yeah. You're right. Uh, now, I think maybe. I'm a little too far to the right, and you may be too little foot too far left. You know what? I mean, you are just so adverse to it that you, <laughs> yeah, I know. like you say, you'll cause yourself colon, like yeah. a ruptured colon in order. So, anyways, so basically, you're far more anal, get it, about <laughs> that. Um, so, I go to the bathroom, all right, and there's three stalls, and, I, and there's the two <laughs> See, regular. This is why I don't go. <laughs> this <laughs> is it. It's not a group experience. <laughs> okay, well, hold on. So, so there's three stalls, and there's two of them that are, you know, the regular Joe stalls. And yeah. then you have the handicap stall, right? Uh-oh. So the two there's the the two regular Joe 
stalls were taken. Okay, one guy was wearing an Adidas, one guy was wearing a Nike. I, right, the, the, <laughs> you know, Nike and Adidas guys, were, and the only other one was the the handicap one. So I didn't. Now I'm not a monster. Okay, so I did. So I so I did want to use the handicap stall. So I figured, use you know the what? Sink. No, no, no. So I so I go back. I said, I'm like, well, screw it. I'm, you know, I can wait a little bit. I'll go back, do some more work, and come back in a few minutes. And you know, hopefully, you know, one of these guys have gone. So I go back to my cubicle, and then about thirty seconds later, I'm like, okay, I can't wait anymore. You know what? Uh, the the little waste management guys in my brain were sounding the alarm. It's go time. All right, Mayday! So, Mayday! Yeah, right, right, right. And as I get older, I have like no. You know, and, and by and, the way, it literally was May Day when this happened. Yes, very, ooh, very good. A yeah. lot of lot, lot of layers of uh, yeah. and a minutiae. So I get to the restroom, and Nikes and Adidas guys are still there. All right, yeah. and I'm like, all right, I have no choice. Right, I got to go to the handicap stall. I, you know, I, it's not my first choice, but I got to do it. Are you handicapped? Um, well, now hold on. So. First off, let me tell you, those handicap stalls are awesome. <laughs> okay. They're roomy. Yeah. They've got these metal railing things. I yeah. mean, it is, it's really top shelf. So I, you know, and, the, and I do not make a practice of going into the handicap stall. This may have been the first time I have used a handicap mm-hmm. stall. So I start, you know, I start the launch sequence, I, you know, and, uh, I do what everybody does when they're on the can. I get my phone out, right, and I start, you know, <laughs> you know, I start playing. I I, I downloaded Tap Baseball. Have you, guys, oh, have you ever geez, played? <laughs> You're getting us way too much information. The what, visual- Tap Baseball? All right. So anyway, so I'm there kind, kind of enjoying, of, you know, relaxing. Um, after about four or five minutes, I hear the door open, okay? And I hear the not, – not the door of the stall, the door of the bathroom. And I hear the unmistakable squeaking of wheelchair wheels oh boy. okay so shit i'm in the yeah, I'm, ironically you know, yes yeah right so you know i and then i see the wheels you know you know how you can see underneath the door i see the wheelchair wheels poised right in front of the stall of that i'm in so i'm totally screwed right uh yeah you can take care of your business and get out of there <laughs> well hold on well i had two choices i could stay in the stall forever or yeah. i finish up and walk out you know, the walk of shame <laughs> saying, all right, so this, if you think I'm despicable now, just wait about 30 seconds. Okay. So, um, so after about a minute of like sheer terror, I'm like, I don't know what the hell to do. I finish up, I tie up all the loose ends, you know, I put my sports coat on, <laughs> right. And I get ready to, and then I get ready to leave. All right. And then I'm like, I take a deep breath. I'm like, all right. Then this is where my despicable instincts just totally kicked in. Okay. I, o- I opened the stall and I started to walk with the most exaggerated, ridiculous limp <laughs> known to man, perhaps ever been done in history. Just because I couldn't bear I, the wheelchair. I felt so bad about wheelchair guy <laughs> waiting. I, I had to make up this handicap that he thinks, all right, well, he's not such an asshole, basically. You know, he's, he's, he's limpy. So, uh, yeah, imagine, like, if the Hunchback of Notre Dame needed a hip replacement. That was the limp that I was doing. <laughs> you're like, okay. You're like uh, Igor in Young Frankenstein. Walk <laughs> right, this right. way. Uh, no, no. Right. This way. It was. So, <laughs> oh, the story's – we're at about the halfway point of the story, by the way. Oh, so, great. <laughs> so, I, you know, I clubfoot my way to the, to the you know, the, the sink, and I – 
club foot my way all the way back to the cubicle because I'm committed to the shtick sure, at this point. Right? Sure. What right. if he accidentally looked out the, the you know, <laughs> was watching you? Exactly. So I so I do the, you know, the, the Notre Dame thing all the way. You know, it was like 100 feet, too. So I do work like a couple of, you know, I do a couple of hours of work and I forget about the limp, which is fair. You would yeah, forget about sure, the limp, too, right? I wouldn't do the limp, but yeah, OK, yeah. You know what? I think you may have done the limp. I have an actual limp from my gout. I think you would have exaggerated the limp. To, yeah, maybe. Uh, I wouldn't, I, sure I wouldn't have gone in the, uh, right, the handicap bathroom or any so, bathroom. So I get done with, you know, I work for a couple hours and I had, a, you know, I was teaching that night. So I forget about the limp and I basically, you know, just get all my stuff and I, you know, you know, happy go lucky Dave starts walking to the, you know, walk into the elevator. I may have even been skipping. Yeah. You know, uh -huh. the, it was a miracle, a medical Zip miracle. But he do Right. So I, so I start walking. I, in fact, I may have looked like a gazelle. Okay. I was, uh -huh. I was, I was so smooth. Uh -huh. I walk, I turn the corner to go to the elevator I see that the elevator door is closing. I go, hey, hold, please. The door stops. I get into the elevator. Guess who's in the elevator? Uh, wheelchair man. <laughs> wheelchair guy is in the elevator. So after about a four and a half hour ele uh, elevator ride from floor two to floor one, I mean, I felt so awkward. I just felt like a complete cad, you know. Um, I, I hold the door for him. He wheels his little wheelchair out, and I limp my way back to the my car because i had up like i if the guy sees me i'm never going to see the guy again but i could not bear the thought of him thinking that i was in the handicap stall well so next you're getting uh, a handicap uh sticker for your car right. no i'm re i'm removing for i'm removing my tibia <laughs> so so the limp is actually genuine uh Okay, well, hey, that was a nice story. I <laughs> well, I mean, but wouldn't you do? I I think that you would do something similar to that. I think that your your id or your super super ego would not allow you. You'd have to. I, 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 let's just say that I won't put it past the uh, <laughs> realm of possibility. <laughs> okay, there you go. All right, so let's uh, let's light this candle. Okay, what yeah. what do we got uh, here today? Uh, why don't you fire up uh, Jenkins? Oh, would you like to hear it this time? I would. I would, yes. When you're on the job and you're not doing it right. Jenkins! Time now for Dave to share stories of employee screw-ups. Jenkins! It could only be... Jenkins! Jenkins! With Rick and Dave. Jenkins! There you go. Well, that's a great That's a great jingle. It is. Um, you know how when you get a new credit card um, and they send you like that 20-page pamphlet of you know, terms and conditions or whatever. Sure. And you never read them. I right? read every word. Yeah. Okay. And when you register on like a website or whatever, and they have all those terms and conditions, you never read oh. any of that stuff. Yeah. No. Uh, Nobody well, does. it appears, well, it, well, it appears that Mark Zuckerberg uh, does the same thing. Uh, Facebook has just admitted that they never read the terms and conditions of the app. You know, that app that was used by Cambridge Analytics yeah. to collect data on those 87 million Facebook users. Well, they never bothered to read the terms and conditions on the app. But why does There's that like, not surprise me in the slightest? Yeah. You know that they're at a meeting or whatever. It's like, did you read the terms? Yeah, yeah, yeah. whatever. What could possibly happen? <laughs> right. Exactly. So Mike, uh, Mike Schrempfer, what does Schrempfer rhyme with? Oh. Kempfer. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 
who is the CIO of Facebook book, told UK lawmakers at a committee hearing, we did not read all the terms of the conditions. Our bad. I mean, he didn't say the are bad. I put the are bad in there. Yeah. He, uh, he said it was a mistake uh, that just purely simple that we just didn't bother to read it. It's like, you know, it was a lot of words. Who has the time? <laughs> and 87 million people's data was compromised. And I know it's it's funny, but it's not funny. Right. No, right. You know, exactly right. <laughs> those those uh, terms and conditions are written by lawyers. And you'd think that Facebook would have a lawyer on hand right. to right. check that right. out. But apparently, not. well, Mark Zuckerberg is Jewish. You know, he has got a brother that's probably a lawyer, right? Oh, my God. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> David Stern is Jewish and is allowed to say that, I guess. So so there you go. So read kids, read those terms and conditions, because uh, especially if you run Facebook. I okay. Think, well, we uh, I have a story for you that takes mm-hmm. place in the great state of Texas. What's wrong with you, Texas? You know, in this case, I'm going to say nothing is wrong with Texas because I actually like this story quite a bit. Now, I, you, people may not realize that I'm on the um, the board of directors of four not-for-profits. <laughs> this is I try to fill my time with as much unpaid work as possible. Yeah. Uh, but one of the things that is common to all of these not-for-profits is that we have to raise funds you know fundraisers and fundraisers are everywhere these days if your kids are involved in any uh you know sports they have to do fundraising uh you know every school activity uh you you if you live in a neighborhood near a school somebody's gonna ring your doorbell uh there's all kinds of fundraisers and a lot of times these fundraisers go to the extreme and do things that are well, you know, outrageous just to get attention. For instance, the like the ice bucket challenge. For yeah, instance. yeah, right, right, that's, right. That's a good example. Um, here, I found a couple others. Um, there's a place called Poverty Poverty Resolutions, and they wanted to illustrate what a large number twenty one thousand people is. Twenty one thousand. That's how many children die due to poverty every day around the world. Ugh. All right. Uh-huh. To help people better visualize this number, Matt and four friends agreed to get hit by 21,000 paintballs to raise oh attention God. to their cause. Now, that's a that's a great that's great stick right there. That's great. That's great for everyone else. Yeah, except for Matt and Bill or whatever. Right. Yeah. So I thought that was extreme. I don't think I would mm-hmm. participate in that one. No. Here, here's another one. Um, Bear Grillis is known for doing crazy things. Um when it comes to charity, he's willing to go the extra mile. To raise funds for the Prince's Trust, he agreed to eat a formal dinner in a suit and tie, 25,000 feet in the air underneath a hot air balloon. Oh, he had to wear an oxygen mask to breathe. So I don't even know how he ate, but he wore a mo- an oxygen mask. And after dinner, he and his dining companion parachuted to safety. To the Skokie Library to go to the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> so there's two there's two things that I would never do. All right. Sure. This story out of Texas uh, from this week is one that I think I would do. Uh, it's a the uh, Texas town of Boars, I believe it's called. Uh, they are holding a not a five k, a point five k, which amounts to. 0.31 miles or 1,600 feet. 
Though I could, I could totally do that. I, I, I just club footed sixteen hundred feet on Monday. I could totally do that. Uh, and here's what their uh, events Facebook description says: a possibly fully staffed or not staffed at all medical tent will be in place. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just in case. Five hundred forty-six yep. yards is nothing to take too lightly. <laughs> of course, beer will be provided. Participants get a free pint at the start of the race. Finishers also receive a pretentious. 0.5k sticker to put on their uh, windshield and in case the runners get tired a coffee and donut station will be set up oh at the halfway god. point oh my god this is fantastic there's also a designated smoking area uh, oh that's great that's great uh right there's uh what about people like you who have gout i mean is there gonna be well like, i'm just uh, saying this is one that i i how about instead of 0.5k how about five yards yeah yeah this is great. This is and this is a really creative. I bet they're going to raise more money just because of the notoriety that they are getting for this. Yes. That's great. You can look that it is, up on Facebook. It's the point five k run, and that it's is born b o e r n e uh, Texas on May fifth. So this this week, yeah, very good. Hey, um, we have a, oh, we didn't do my weigh in at the beginning of the show. Yeah, that's true. I was I'm waiting for the what's up, fatty? How much you weigh, fatty? Uh, Jingle yeah. that Finney's doing. All right. Well, you know what? We'll wait then. Yeah. Uh, I have lost absolutely zero pounds since three <laughs> okay. weeks ago. We're well, exactly so, the same. So, so so then it'll work perfectly. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Let's just say we're starting again right now. Okay. Um, we have a winner in our retweet and follow contest. Sherry Prenning from Little Rock, Arkansas, and what Sherry did. Is she retweeted us and followed us on Twitter, and she won a Crying Cub t-shirt, an Amish Chicago coffee cub mug, 20 unopened Jewel Safeway Monopoly game tickets that I have. Okay. <laughs> I've got 20. I went to the store yesterday. I got 20. I don't play. I'm putting it in her envelope, and she's also going to get a copy of Lee Kingsmill's Safe Inside. Wow. And all you got to do to win this is to retweet or follow us. We pick a random winner every week and you can win a prize pack worth up to $25. In fact, Sherry may have won a million. One of those she might have. could be, could it be the million dollar winner? Um, so it's easy to enter. Just go on Twitter, follow us at minutia men and um, retweet and follow us. Yeah, and don't forget to listen, comment, rate and subscribe to minutia. Mm-hmm. And we are on the uh, iHeartRadio app. We're on Stitcher. We're on Google Play. Google Play. Uh, you know, Podbean. All all the great ones. Is right. Exactly. Right. Borders. Borders <laughs> books. We're on that one too. Um, hey, I got um, I got a new story. Okay. <laughs> uh, this comes out of uh, Nashville, Nashville, Tennessee. We're kind of doing the South, right? We're kind of doing the. Yeah, in honor of my trip to New Orleans. Exactly. Um, the story comes out of Nashville, and it's uh, I like to call this making lemonade out of lemons. Uh, I'm sure you heard last week about the horrible shooting at the Waffle House. In, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's in, in Nashville. Um, you're gonna make hearts. you're gonna make fun of that. <laughs> no, oh no, I'm not. Okay. Uh, but one of the and well, first of all, let's give out vibes to james shaw that's the guy who yeah, how about that guy we would have done the same oh thing, right? sure think? absolutely yeah. <laughs> um, you would have limped over there and yeah, saved right, everyone right, right. exactly uh so 
one of the women that got hurt, her name was Sharita Henderson, and she's in the hospital recovering, and she's doing pretty well, I think. She's recovering from three gunshot wounds. Well, the mayor, the Nashville mayor, David Briley, came and visited her. That was very nice, yeah. right? Comes to the hospital, maybe even had a get-well-soon balloon. I don't know, whatever. He gets in there, and they uh, and the first thing that Sharita Henderson asks the mayor, or says, you know what she says? What? When are you going to do something about the potholes on I-440? <laughs> <laughs> Evidently, there are a lot of potholes, and she wanted answers right there. Potholes, uh, huh? <laughs> exactly. So evidently, uh, potholes what, uh, is not... What drew you to this story, Dave? <laughs> uh, well, of course, if you're so inclined, you can go to the potholestore.com, and for less than 10 bucks, get a really nice Mother's Day gift for your mom. Coming up, Mom, I uh, got you some <laughs> some bottle pot, uh, earrings. <laughs> yes. Yeah, bottle earrings. Yeah, the, but so David Briley, uh, and he was in the Nashville mayor tweeted it. He had they have good fun with it, good sport. You know, he's being a good sport about it. There's no um, news if the potholes on I four forty have actually been filled or not. But that is the wishes of Sharita Henderson, and we give. All good vibes to her and hope for a speedy recover. Uh, okay. Very nice. Time for the mm -hmm. next feature. Time now for a collection of Cub Geekness. This is Just One Bad Century with Rick and Dave. Okay. Time for uh, our Cubs feature. And, uh, you know, first of all, I would like to uh, say that, uh, th uh, you know, thank you to all the people who have been sending me notes and messages uh, for helping the Cubs win five games in a row by wearing my lucky shirt, um, I don't. I don't want to take full credit for it. I get the guys on the field had something to do with it. They worked their butts off and they really tried hard. Allegedly, um, but I didn't wear the shirt last night. Oof! And they what lost happened? the game. We're, we're recording this on on Wednesday. Uh, I'm going to the game today with my son Johnny. So hopefully, yeah. uh, have you ever been to a Cub game? <laughs> i've been to a couple <laughs> i've been to a few it's, games <laughs> holy crap are they like the ushers saying hey hey rick hey billy how you doing i, I, I do know that. my uh i do know my usher so yeah, anyway um it's also the anniversary of a uh very dramatic moment in uh wrigley field history this week and let me set this let's set the tone for you we're talking about uh, the late 1940s, uh, 1949. P starting pitcher Bob Rush and the Cubs entered the ninth inning with a three to one lead. This is against the Cardinals. Enos Slaughter was on second. Rush was on the verge of a victory until Eddie Kazak singled, scoring Slaughter. Now, what's the score? Dave? What's the score? Three to two. That'd be three to two. Three to two. That's right. Chuck Deering ran for Kazak, and Rocky Nelson, a rookie first baseman, stepped up to the plate for St. Louis. The Associated Press described what happened next. Nelson then lined the ball to left center, and Andy Pafko made a somersault dive and came up with the ball. Umpire Art Barlick hesitated a moment in making the call, then ruled that Pafko had trapped the ball. And Pafko got so upset that he ran all the way into the infield, showing the ball stuck in his glove, like, hey, dummy you idiot umpire i made the catch and while he was arguing the cardinals runners scored from first and second and and the cubs 
uh, ended up losing the game four to three. And they call, and this is my favorite line here. This is when when writers were writers, Dave. Yes. Pafco, unwilling to believe the no-catch ruling, did not throw the ball until crossing the plate with the winning run. This is sporting news. This is how they summed up the game, all right? The game was decided by what they described as not an inside-the-park homer, but an inside-the-glove. Oh. Um, when writers so I, were writers. Um. Andy Pafko, a Lane Tech grad, I think. He's Wasn't a, Andy? I don't think so, but he's a local guy. He was. He lived in uh, Prospect for years here. He was your neighbor, wasn't uh, he? he? Or like, well, yeah, he lived in the same neighborhood. Yes, yes, that's right. Um, All right. Well, what I what I don't understand yeah. just real quick is why having the ball stuck in the glove would prove that you didn't trap it. Well, that was that was bad arguing. It was. <laughs> it, it was, was. really bad arguing. <laughs> <laughs> just you know, all around, not a good play. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Cost the Cubs the game. All right, it's time for our final feature. A random name pulled out of Rick's bowl of brushes with celebrities. Mixture, collection, selection, assemblage, medley, assortment, variety. Time now for celebrity potpourri with Rick and Dave. This is the part of the show where Dave reaches his hand into the Costco jar, pulls out a name of a celebrity, and I have to tell the story of how I met that celebrity. Oh, I hope this one's a good one because I love this guy. Alice Cooper, a witch. Wasn't he a witch? (laughs) This Alice Cooper story is the weirdest story about Alice Cooper that you'll ever hear. No one else that you will ever meet will have a story like this because my story begins with a math whiz. All right. Hmm. We're, I was doing a show with John Records Landecker, and we had this guy on who, um, you know, he, he kind of like you. He was like a math savant. Mm-hmm. People would call up and they'd say, you know, what's 365 times 422? And he would instantly know the answer. All right. So that was kind of the bit. And we brought him in, and we had him take a few phone calls, and he didn't do very well. <laughs> He's like, "Ah, oh, let's see, let's see, ten plus nine, uh, carry the seven. Right. Uh, right. It wasn't that. It wasn't that good. Right, he was right. selling a book about how to be a math genius, and and let's just say it didn't come as advertised. And, and so we go to the first commercial break, and John's like, um, he pulls me aside and goes, "Hey." Uh, Get this guy out of here. Yeah, right, <laughs> and of the guy hears it and goes, hey, guys, um, how'd you like to talk to Alice Cooper? <laughs> so he's panicking. I, you know, I, I got I to yeah. come up with something like, just to stay on the stay Well, on the what do you mean, Alice Cooper? He goes, well, I live in Arizona, and my next door neighbor is Alice Cooper. <laughs> like, really? Like, yeah, hang on. I'll get him on the line. He picks up the phone. He goes, hey, Alice, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm on a radio station in Chicago. Would you, and I'm bombing. I need some help here. <laughs> would you mind coming on the air with us? And he said, sure. And put him on hold, went back on the air, and Alice Cooper was on the show with us. And we ended, I mean, there was no way we would have ever had Alice Cooper if we did not bring in this math wizard who was not really that much of a math wizard. Are you and, sure it was Alice Cooper? Was there any vetting of Alice Cooper? It was definitely Alice Cooper. You could tell it was his voice. So he talked about, you know, tours and stuff, unless it was like a like a Rick and Dave <laughs> thing, you know, like, oh, boy, George, you know. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, but no, I, 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 I swear to God, it was really Alice Cooper. And then I, you know, had his number because he called it on our phone and I actually had him on another time. Do you still have Alice Cooper's phone? Number? I do. 
Let's get him on the podcast. <laughs> no. Prove it. Prove no. yeah, prove it. Right. Uh, no, no. No. Actually it would yeah. be funny to have him on so you can tell him that story. And that could be all that we do on the podcast. All right. All right. You know, there was uh twelve years ago, the odds of him still having the phone no- same phone number are pretty slim. By the way, while you <laughs> while you, we were off, um, my wife decided to uh start throwing stuff out mm-hmm. and we i have three big bins of stuff about my career and she said i need these three bins to get into this one bin so just start throwing stuff out <laughs> so two-thirds of your career i want no i don't i want no <laughs> reference whatsoever for the rest of your life basically yeah. is what you say right. you know it's it sounds harsher than it is because yeah, i yeah. saved a lot of crap and it wasn't wow. very hard to throw out a lot of stuff um, but what I found was a list of all the celebrities that I ever booked for Stephen Gary and for John Records Landecker in this box. So I have about 50 more names to throw into your. Oh, fantastic. Job. Oh, fantastic. We'll write them up and uh, give them to me and I'll put them into the Costco chart. I also found these uh, while you were out phone messages. Do you remember these things? <coughs> you mean you're talking about like the. The pink, when, the little pink, yeah, the yeah, like yeah, note, yeah. notepad size, little pink. Uh, while you were out, uh, such and such a person called. This yeah. uh, f- for you youngsters out there. Before there was a, such a thing as voicemail, we used to have receptionists who would take messages and leave the messages for the you know important executives like Rick and Dave. <clears throat> well, Dave at the time worked at a company, a a paper company, on the south side of Chicago. And the receptionist that worked there, um, let's just say, wasn't the slickest. Oh, are you talking? Oh, you're talking about. Oh, oh my God, was she an idiot? Okay, are you talking? I, about, I didn't oh, want to say that, but uh, oh, I, you know, yeah, so, uh, so I would I call every day, and 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 you know, knowing that Dave was not there or whatever, and I'd leave a message, and I, they were like Bart Simpson messages, you know, tell them Hugh Jazz called or you know Hugh George. <laughs> Clint Torres, and she would. Well, wait, you were 12, right? Yeah. You were in fourth grade or (laughs) how old were you? 30. But you would save the messages and give them to me. And and she would write them out. And then then I started calling up and saying, um, yeah, this is Bob Smith. Uh, You know, how do you spell that? Um, It's Z-X-V-Y-Y apostrophe. Z L N. Right. The number seven, the little hash number, an exclamation point, and four. And she would write it out and hand it to you. So yeah. I have like a stack of 20 of these things. I am never throwing those yeah, don't away. Don't throw those away. Um, I just found it's funny that you, you're saying this because we're kind of cleaning out our stuff too. Uh, so if you want to go on eBay right now, there's basically a lot of crap that we're trying to sell. But one of the things that I found while I was still working at the same paper company, Case Paper, the cutters, the people that cut the paper, had to account for virtually every minute that they were cutting the paper, right? Okay. So they had a, like a little list. They would write, you know, uh, John's Burn Printing Company, you know, cut this job, job number 7258 or whatever from 10 to 1015 or whatever. And, and they were and they, the guy's name was... Ray Bronsky. I'll never forget Ray Bronsky. <laughs> well, Ray Bronsky, they had a helper. They had the guy who was c- cutting the paper, and then they had the guy that like helped the paper put on the cutter, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, the helper uh, ended up getting his tip of his finger sliced off. And Ray Brodsky, being the sarcastic prick that he was, wrote on, <laughs> wrote on the thing, 
Ten oh seven to ten eleven. Tried to find finger of helper on the, <laughs> on the worksheet, and I took a Xerox of it, and I found it yesterday. So I still. Well, you have. can't throw that out. <laughs> no, of course not. Of course not. All right. So uh, I hear what you're saying. Okay. And I'm never well, to find out more about Rick and Dave, come and look in our houses at our uh, at our our memorabilia, <laughs> or you can check us out at EckhartsPress.com, ChicagoAuthorSolutions.com. If you'd like to reach us, you can also drop us a line at MinutiaMenPodcast at gmail.com. Special thanks to executive producer Tony Lasana with Opie Productions. Uh, we have been distributed by Ed Silla of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network, and we'll be back again next week with another episode of. Manushaman. The proceeding was a presentation of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Find our other great shows on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and at radiomisfits.com. Thank you. This has been a presentation of Old Pie Productions. Tony, can you shut up? 